Today on Locked On Anaheim Ducks, we look back on one year since the shutdown, and I'm joined by J.D. Young from Locked On Sharks on today's Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How's it going, everyone? It is Friday. Thank God it's Friday. I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez, covering hockey for over a decade. You can hear this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever podcasts can be heard. Rate, comment, subscribe. My Twitter's at StimpyJD. The show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. As you may or may not be aware, I haven't been around the past few days, so I'm actually recording this a couple days prior to when it's actually being released. And this will come out a little bit later because, you know, COVID protocols, stuff like that. So, um... This will be coming out Friday, but what I really want to talk about for the next just few minutes is the fact that today will mark the one-year anniversary since the National Hockey League shut down, and I figured this is kind of just an evergreen uh, moment in the league and kind of an evergreen podcast because we all felt the same way when hockey shut down. We were devastated. At the time, we thought it was going to be a temporary shutdown. At the time, we said... It's going to take till March 30th. Maybe we'll be back in April. Yeah, that never happened. At the time, we thought, oh boy, this could take a while. Because the Ducks were already so far out of the playoffs, I personally had assumed that that would be the last game of the season. Because it was March 11th, March 12th. The season was going to end in three weeks, and the Ducks were pretty much out of the playoff race. And if there was going to be a comeback, it was just going to be playoffs and that was it. Because there'd be no reason to play regular season anymore. Because after a long shutdown like that, just end the season. That's what I thought would happen. And I honestly assumed we'd be back by maybe April or May. Maybe May. Little little did we know that we would be gone for the next 10 months from the Ponda. Because we all assumed we'd be back for regular season play in October. That day is still very harrowing to a lot of fans for multiple reasons. Not only was it the last day before the shutdown happened, but it was also that make-a-day. Remember, that game was not supposed to take place. That was not originally on the schedule. The last game would have taken place on March 10th, but because of the J. Bo Meester cardiac event that had happened the month prior to that, they had to remake that game. So they played the last bit of it. Actually, they played the whole game again on March 11th with a 1-to-1 tie. To my recollection, I think this is the only time where an official 60-minute game has started with the score 1-to-1 and the stats still being counted. But I remember just the atmosphere with everything happening. You had a couple guys dressed in hazmat suits, which we thought at the time was kind of a little ridiculous. But maybe that was very apropos as to what was coming. Maybe we just didn't know. Then we also had all the fans welcoming back the Blues after what had happened. You had that wonderful pregame ceremony. And looking back a year after that, uh, we're a changed world. We're changed in our, our medicine. We're changed in how we view, you know, social distancing. You know, a lot has changed. But we're still around. One year later, we are still around, and we're having hockey, we're watching hockey, and soon enough, the fans will be back. It's been a long time, but we have fans coming back in baseball next month. That's already a great sign. We have vaccines coming out. I have full confidence that 
the fans will be back watching their team sooner rather than later. I mean, I do think we'll have fans back for next regular season. Maybe not 100% yet, but I think the Ducks will be back with at least at least 30%, maybe 50% capacity for those first few games of the following season, which is set to take place in October. So, you know, if you have any recollections of that day, please let me know. But just from my personal standpoint, it, it, it's still sad to think about. I mean, we're, this one-year anniversary of our world completely changing is not going to be lost on anyone. And you kind of take those things for granted, like watching a hockey game just out of nowhere. You take that for granted. Um, going down and meeting your friends for a beer at the game. We took that for granted. It's been a year since we had fans just kind of mulling around Honda Center, having a couple beers, chatting with your friends. Even though the attendance of that game was about ten or 11,000, there was still kind of that vibe around that maybe this was the last time we were going to see each other. I mean, I mentioned this to Gil Ember, but I spent that night after the game. I just kind of like sat around a little bit after everyone had left, after everything was said and done, just kind of sitting around listening to Gil Ember play the organ. Um, I remember that they had closed the bar. They had closed the um, Jack Daniels bar because of COVID reasons. You know, it was still slowly starting to be of that sense that we're not going to have any post-game meetings because what had happened Right before the game was the Rudy Gobert uh, testing positive. They shut down the NBA season at around 6 o'clock. So once the NBA shut down, the NHL knew they had to shut down as well. But they let that game go on. And after the game, the fans couldn't meet up. Um, Phil Hewlett, he basically said, no fans can stick around after the game um, at the Jack Daniels bar uh, to enjoy the night. So pretty much everyone left. Um as far as the press goes, I mean, a lot of press left right after the game because uh, post-game interviews, um, they were pretty shortened that night. So a lot of people left. And hearing that organ music just finish at that time, I, I kind of knew. I kind of knew what was going to happen and take place, but not to this extent. So I want to hear from you guys. Um, what's changed in the past year? Um, are you guys planning on coming back next season? And if you were at those last couple of games, March 10th, March 11th, against the Senators and the Blues, um, share your stories. I'd be glad to hear them. All right, we're going to head into the first intermission, and I will be joined by J.D. Young from Locked on Sharks. But before that, let's talk about betonline.ag, which is the exclusive online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. And they have every sport, including baseball, basketball, and hockey, and also reality TV. Who knew? So go to betonline.ag right now. On your first deposit, you will get a 50% welcome bonus using the promo code LOCKEDON. Once again, promo code locked on gets you a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That is betonline.ag, the exclusive online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. And please gamble responsibly. After the intermission, I'll be joined by JD Young from Locked On Sharks. Hey, two JDs finally coming together. You don't want to miss it. Stay locked in. <laughs> Thank you. 
Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, or TLOPN. And I'm joined, for the first time ever, by the other JD on the Locked On Podcast Network. And he has a Locked On Sharks podcast co-hosted by himself, among others. It is JD Young. How you doing? I'm doing well. The original JD right here. Yeah. Okay, we're going to start this now. Yes. So this is airing Friday. I need to first congratulate your boy, Kyle. That that guy knows his trivia, but he knows how to cause chaos for me on a Jeopardy episode. <laughs> My God. Yes, I understand your pain. Uh, he was telling me about it. Yeah, I have to deal with that on a daily basis. So I, I feel your pain. Um, but yeah, congrats to Kyle. That guy knows his hockey trivia in and out. So congrats to him. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was a close one. It was probably one of the, if not the best hockey Jeopardy episodes we've ever had. But that's not why you're here. You're here because our two teams are meeting once again, the Sharks and the Ducks. Uh, the Sharks coming off a very tough stretch. They have a few days off. And the last game, that, that was a tough one. It was a tough win for the Sharks, but they managed to pull through in overtime. And I know that his love for Eric Carlson is beyond <laughs> words. So I will let you share your love for Eric Carlson for the next 60 seconds or so. Yeah, it's just nice to see since he has returned from his injury. Um, he's returned to form. He's been able to really provide the spark and um, for the offense, be able to control the exits and transitions and, you know, just able to do Eric Carlson things, which is nice to see. Um, you know, it, it's been a bit of a, a slow start to the season, but the past, you know, two weeks since he's gotten back from his injury, he's Eric Carlson. And you can see the offense it, when he does Eric Carlson things, the offense comes and like the, the Sharks offense is starting to look much better than it did the last time that the Ducks and the Sharks played. Yeah, this is an entirely different team and definitely not good news for the Ducks. The last time these two teams played, it's really not. I'm going to be honest. The Ducks had that massive nine game losing streak. The last time the la okay, the last time they met, the Ducks were mired in the middle of that streak and San Jose embarrassed them on the 15th, three to two. And then before that, San Jose embarrassed them 5-4 in a shootout. But that was a fun shootout. This time, now that Zegris is playing maybe 8 or 9 minutes a game, what do you expect to happen on this upcoming two-game set? What do you foresee happening? Uh, it'll be interesting. The Sharks are going to be getting two guys back. So Hurdle's been on the COVID list for the past two weeks. Uh, so he's expected to return on Friday's game. And Timo Meyer, who's missed the past couple games due to a uh, lower body injury. He was a game time decision for Monday, but I assume they let him uh, rest. That way he would have basically a full week um, to get healed up for this game. Uh, so they'll be getting uh, those two guys back. Some much needed reinforcements. Um, but I, I feel like the, the Sharks, you know, it's, they're, they're kind of top heavy with that Kane, Couture and LeBanc line, but they've been getting some contributions for some of the guys like, uh, Balsers and Leonard. Um, but I think with having Hurdle and Meyer back, it'll kind of put slot everybody into their place here. And so that way some of these younger guys will get a little bit more sheltered minutes and be able to contribute a little bit better. Which is probably what the Ducks should be. Well, I don't know about what the Ducks are doing, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> Coach Dallas Eakins' decisions have been baffling everybody left and right, including myself. Oh, Which, don't worry, Bob. Uh, we have to. Bob has been 
uh, icing Curtis Gabriel for a uh, solid five minutes a night so he can fight somebody. Uh, literally on Monday's uh, game against the Blues, uh, more penalty minutes than actual time on ice. So that's always a good thing. Hey, good for him. He accomplished <laughs> <Yes>. something, <laughs> to, to put it mildly. Uh, the Ducks are still going to be relying on really one or two lines, and it's going to be the pairing of Isaac Lindstrom and Ricard Raquel, who did well against the Sharks last time out. It's really been that line, and that's it. Uh, when I look at this Ducks lineup, I mean, Max Comtois has been a revelation this season. He's been the Ducks' best player, I think, by far this season. Way more than Gibby, way more than Raquel. I know Raquel's been getting hot. But when you look at this Ducks lineup, when you have Comtois, Getzloff, Henrique, who just came back from all the drama that happened from being waived, getting not waived, being benched, coming back, all that stuff... Does this Ducks lineup still strike any fear in the Sharks? Or with all the people coming back, does it seem like a good opportunity for the Sharks to get four points? Uh, I don't know about that. Because, I mean, I think the, we saw last time where it was that bottom six um, kind of feasted on the Sharks' bottom six. And, um, like, guys, you know, like Leonard, and who's who I assume kind of the third line is probably going to be Donato, Balsers, and then Cambrell centering them. Uh, sorry, not Balsers, sorry, Donato, Leonard, and um, and Gambrell centering them. And then the fourth line is Nieto, Marlowe, your winger of the day, uh, choice probably. And like the Marlowe, as Marlowe just hasn't been any like just a shade of what he used to be. Um, so I think that that third and fourth line, if the Ducks can kind of get some of their, their guys going there, um, that's where they're going to be able to, to kind of attack the Sharks. And I think it's, yeah, basically whoever's third line plays better is probably going to win these two games. That's really the only reason the Ducks are in it is their third line with Max Jones, Isaac Lindstrom, or Carter Kell. That's been the only line that has done anything worth a damn this season. Uh, the Ducks' fourth line has been a patchwork struggling. You have Derek Grant... Sam Steele, Nick Delorier, and the Ducks are injured. They're very, very injured. We saw Fowler. He's been a little bit banged up. I mean, Manson just came back, and then he got re-injured again. So Manson is looking like he could be out for a little bit, which is very unfortunate because Manson has had good games maybe in prior seasons against the Sharks, and he likes feasting on them. Now you have Troy Terry, who's been out with an upper body injury. I mean, the Ducks are very decimated on both positions. I honestly don't see how the Ducks are going to come back against the top pairings of the San Jose Sharks. And having Troy Terry out really hurts that first line because Comtois and Terry had a very good thing going before then. Yeah, and Comtois has been a uh, terrorizer for the Sharks this year. Um, I think he has like 50 goals against the Sharks in the <laughs> few games they played, or at least it feels like that. So... Um, but yeah, I, I'm really interested to see how, if the Sharks are, they've kind of settled on their defensive pairings now. Um, it was, uh, kind of, you know, between Shimmick and Carlson missed some games. They were kind of trying to figure out that bottom pair where Vlasic is sitting. Uh, but they, they figured that out. So with Ferraro Burns, um, Knizov, uh, Carlson, and then Shimmick and Vlasic, it's kind of helped to stabilize it. It's not great but it's better than i think where it was the beginning of the season well it must be nice having a stable defense for a oh i never said they were it's stable but not very good compared, compared to the ducks 
It's stable. So, all right, um, you can stick around for one more segment. Yes. Yes, of course. Of course, we'll be back with the other JD on the other side. Welcome back to Locked on Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. You're locked in with JD and JD. I'm your host, the handsome JD. And from Locked on Sharks, it is the seafood-loving JD, although I do like my seafood, too. Um, Do you, perchance, like sushi or seafood or anything like that? Of course, I'm from the South. Uh, You are born into loving seafood, so... All right, what's your favorite sushi dish or favorite sushi roll? Uh, I always like the rainbow rolls that have yep. the variety of everything on them. Uh, that's my kind of usually my go-to. Same here. That's usually my, the first thing I get. Very first thing yeah, I get is rainbow roll. You, it's good. It's a nice comparison because every every sushi place has it. So then it's a nice kind of base to compare other you know from one sushi place to another. So see, I, I knew we were awesome. See, the JDs are awesome here. All right. Uh, let's have some predictions for these two games. I'm going to assume that Miller is going to start one game and Gibby is going to start another game. So I will make a prediction by saying that these are going to be lower scoring games <laughs> on both sides. I think that the Gibby game might be a loss. I'm going to say three to one Sharks. Gotcha. I think so. Uh, Dubnik has kind of been given more of an opportunity um monday was the first time all season where he actually played two games like started two games in a row not played but started two games in a row uh martin jones has been um worse than expected uh he's been pulled in five out of his 15 starts quick math that is 33 percent of his starts Mm -hmm. that's not very good um so i kind of expect them to go dubnik on friday and then jones on saturday um, and I will, I think Dubnik's again, not great, but I think he's more state, like kind of more stable. So, um, I think with the sharks having a couple days rest, uh, getting some guys back, I'll say they win Friday's game and then Saturday I'll give it to the ducks because Martin Jones will single handedly implode the sharks team. Yeah. I have the same thing. I have sharks winning. <laughs> I have sharks winning the first game for that very reason. The Ducks will come off of some tough games against the Kings, including that Monday Bizarro World game, 6-5, to five, where Zegras got benched for 8 minutes, then played, then got benched for 9 minutes, and then got the game-winning assist. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know what's going on there. Sorry, Kevin LeBanc benched the entire third period in the uh, Monday's game for the Sharks. Oh, why was that? Uh, two god-awful penalties and just bad defense all around. Like, he just looked terrible. If it's two bad penalties, I could see that. But yeah. there's no reason why Zegris should be benched the way he is. Um, I'm going to make a score prediction for the second game because I think Martin Jones will implode once again. And the Ducks like playing against Martin Jones, going back to his days in L.A. Everybody likes playing against Martin <laughs> Jones. <laughs> well, that didn't used to be the case. There was once no. upon a time where Martin Jones was the premier backup goaltender for the L.A. Kings and had some very good games, except against the Ducks. So I could see this being very high scoring. I'm going to go really out on a limb and say the Ducks tie their most goals this season. It'll be 6-3. Ooh. Uh, I think game, 
Yeah, I think it'll be a five to four. So definitely take the over. Uh, whatever. Yeah. If Martin Jones is playing, just take the over. You'll probably have a good chance of winning <laughs> that. So, so th- there you go. Your boy Q on locked on bets. Take the over. On if you the, see Martin Jones, take the over. If you see Martin Jones versus Ryan Miller, Ooh. definitely take the over on that. Do you, if if they're both playing, do you think they? Because the Sharks played a seven to six game against the Blues, could they make a run at that? Oh, they absolutely could. They really oh, could. That'd be great. That's a fun Saturday night. Let's sign up for that. All right, it's a nice thirteen goal game sign Saturday up, night. Sign up for that. Have have a few drinks and just have some fun. All right. What what's your drink of choice, by the way? Just really quickly, just because I'm curious now. I I'm more of a beer guy. Uh, Mother Earth Brewery, located down in uh, San Diego, um, is my yep. go-to. Um, the Cali Cream can't go wrong with it. I've been there. I, I'm very familiar with that brewery. Fantastic. I'll subscribe to that as well. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, open yourself a Cali Cream. Enjoy Ducks Sharks uh, 13 goal game. Yep. So to my peeps in San Diego, that's what you got to do for Saturday night. It's a double header night. You have a goals game early on, then a Ducks game later on. Just have a couple of those and you're fine. Yep. Um, we could very briefly touch on the San Jose Barracuda if you've watched any of those games for a hot minute. I don't know if you have or not. I've been keep. I haven't been able to, to watch them, but I've been keeping up with the highlights and uh, and, and you know keeping up with them. So let's go. All right. So I mean, Sasha's been up and down with the team. He's obviously done very well with the Barracuda. Um, I look at that lineup, and it's not striking a lot of fear in opponents right now, unless you're the Ontario yep. Reign, who are just awful. <laughs> they're, they're beyond bad. But seeing San Jose against the goals recently, I don't know what to make of their goaltending situation with the Barracuda. I don't know if you can right now. Yeah, I think uh, both those guys, uh, Kornash and uh, Melnichuk, they've been kind of floating back and forth as the emergency goaltender. So one of them is always on the taxi squad, and they they switch them back. Uh, Melnichuk was the guy they signed out of the KHL um, this offseason, and he started like 16 games and had four shutouts, but he was behind some super stacked team, so it's a little hard to kind of take those yeah take those stats with the grain of salt so right has been kind of looked at as maybe the next uh kind of guy for the sharks especially since they don't really have any top end goalie prospects um and with the sieve that is martin jones and devin dubnik um <laughs> there's a lot of fans who have been calling for melnichuk but i think the uh Brass, you know, Doug Wilson and Doug Wilson Jr., they don't want to rush him and just kind of ruin his confidence behind a less than stellar defense right now. So I think they're kind of trying to slow play this year. He did get in for a little bit. Um, I think that was against the Ducks uh, when Martin jo- when in one of Martin Jones pulled uh, games. But um, I would not expect to see him make many starts this year unless there's an injury to Dubnik or Jones. Yeah, I mean, Mel- Melichuk has been their main goalie so far this season. He's had some good games, but, I mean, in only five games, he had a 340 goals against. Uh, the game that I saw him play was just not the best of games. Well, one game, he completely dominated the goals. The other mm-hmm. game, not so much. The game that he dominated was just this past week, which I talked about on yesterday's podcast. He looked really, really fantastic on Friday night. Uh, stopping all but one shot and getting the victory for San Jose. They're beginning to t- turn things around. They're in third place in the division. And I like the makeup of just kind of the veteran, like, can I call it veteran presence on the Cuda? <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Uh, yeah, they, they, they 
kind of, I mean, the nice thing with them is they have some of their guys that they want to develop. So like you have Sasha, who we actually interviewed on Wednesday, so go check out that interview. Nice. Um, and then, you know, guys like that, like Merkley, who's probably going to spend the entire year in the A, just trying to, like, soak up as many minutes as so he can make a run at, at the NHL team next year. Um, and then I know, like, guys like um, Ozzy and Tristan, who started this season, they're, they're uh, first and second round picks from this year. Um, they were contributing, you know, right away too. I think Ozzy had a goal or, uh, before he left uh, to go back to juniors. So, you know, it's nice to kind of see that those guys who you're drafting and starting to develop and hopefully can start to make a contribution with the the Sharks here in a couple, a year or two. Yeah, like Meg- Megna has been good. Um, I love seeing Ryan Merkley with the Barracuda. Uh, watching him up close, I feel like he's going to be one of those main guys later on, even though he's undersized as a defenseman. I yeah. I love seeing his skating on the ice. Uh, he seems to kind of float a little bit on the ice, kind of just makes it look easy at times. Yeah, and you know it's nice when you have uh, Eric Carlson and Brent Burns to learn from. And the big thing will be trying to kind of find the right defensive partner with him. So right now he's partnered with Magna, and Magna is going to be your kind of more stay-at-home defenseman. Uh, we talked to Merkley. Uh, bit of a humble brag here but we talked to Merkley about a month ago and he about that and he says he likes having a more stay-at-home defensive uh, partner yeah to allow him to kind of do offensive stuff and then you know if he you know screws up or something like that there's gonna be someone there to help kind of cover for him and and the last guy that has been up and on the Barracuda this season has looked good against Ontario that's for sure is Alexander True who is now up with him. I, I love seeing him too. So, I mean, San Jose has a good lineup, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, and again, another man, you're hitting all three. Alex true. We interviewed a couple weeks ago. Yeah. It's that like that one I saw, that one was a fun one. Yeah. Um, Alex true. Yeah. So he's a nice kid. Uh, you know, he put got, I think he got 12 games with the sharks last year. He's got a couple games this year. So, um, we, you know, it's for him. I think it's just kind of continuing to kind of, work on that consistency and stuff um every time though he's been on the sharks you can notice when he's on the ice and he, he's been able to make a couple plays you know in very uh, limited minutes so um i think with him they just you know continue to let him develop down there and um i bet at the once the uh the season kind of gets away from the sharks you'll probably see true up, uh playing with the sharks more yeah the only reason that goal scans don't like him is because he tends to do well against a couple of certain teams one of them being san diego <laughs> Oh, we don't forget those games. <laughs> we don't. No. <laughs> um, we're going to wrap up here. But where can the fine folks find your podcast, and where can they follow you on these socials? Uh, you can find us, of course, at Locked On Sharks. Um, again, we had a uh, Sasha Shemlevsky. Um, we also had Will Scouch a couple of weeks ago, who broke down kind of his thoughts on the top of the draft. So, especially as Ducks fans, you guys will should get. Uh, well versed in that as well as we have been so um, you can go check us out there you can find uh, us on social at locked on sharks on twitter facebook and instagram also at locked on sharks you can find me at my fry hole on twitter where i'll be tweeting about the sharks and the dolphins and my co-host eric is at foulball 15 and uh nhl trivia champion kyle demetrius (laughs) at kyle demetrius (laughs) The infamous... Please enjoy his Eric Carlson rant on Tuesday's episode. It is glorious. Oh, man. Uh, 11 minutes where I basically just sat back and let him do his thing. It was kind of nice. How much fun was that to edit? 
Uh, I usually with him, I just let him go. It's just safer just to let him go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, JD, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, man. Thanks once again to JD Young from Locked On Sharks for joining on today's podcast. It's greatly appreciated. Uh, we're going to wrap up the week with that. Don't forget, there are two Ducks games this weekend against the Sharks. Tonight's game and tomorrow's game will both be at 7 p.m. So check those games out. And that was your preview for them. So there you go. Uh, you can hear this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever podcasts can be heard. Uh, make sure to rate five stars. Subscribe if you haven't already. And hey, uh, check us out on Twitter at LO underscore Ducks. Also, make sure to check out Locked on NHL with Joe DiBiase. Checking out all the latest news on the NHL. And also check out Locked on Bets with your boy Q. Uh, once again, thank you all for listening. It is greatly appreciated. So if you have any stories, once again, from uh, one year ago, email them at LockedOnAnaheimDucks at gmail.com or just leave a comment on one of those tweets. So again, thank you all so much. It is greatly, greatly appreciated for Locked On Anaheim Ducks. I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great weekend, everyone. Please stay safe out there. Practice social distancing. Be kind to one another and ducks fly together.